it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor Super Contest and Squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice, it's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your Pick, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. All right, what's up, everybody? It's uh, another edition of the Briscoe Big Ace Show. Hello, uh, Big Ace here, and uh, we're glad to have another week here. Of course, we got Wes Jamming out. We thought we'd bring you a little bit of music as we start the show tonight. And we also have a very special guest. Uh, man, so many things that we're going to talk about with this guy. So many things to say about this guy. Uh, second generation star, debuted at 16 years old, the inaugural winner of the WWP World Cruiserweight FCW tag champ, heavyweight champ, WWE tag champ with our good friend, uh, Mr. Heath Slater, TNA king of uh, the mountain champ, and also currently slam force uh, African champ. So uh, Mr. PJ black, the Darewolf, Dr. Black, welcome to the Briscoe big A show, man. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I've, I've been looking forward to this all week. So what do you guys want to talk about? Dude, first <laughs> of all, man, it's good to see, especially how I was saying earlier, that smiling face. I mean, it's it's good. Like, so I met PJ probably, uh, I can't remember how long ago. It was like right when he first got into FCW. Like uh, right 2010. When, 2010. It's been 10 years. 10 wow. years. And uh, he came in. He had that cool little haircut with just like the hair just going over just a little bit of his eye. Just, you know, just that cool man. Did the, the boy band look ever. <laughs> oh, it, the craziest thing is like you came in and there was a group of guys that came in. And when they came in, they were just such great power. I mean, from like PJ, from you, Pichy to um, Fandango, to just, the talent was just phenomenal. And you came in, and you, like, literally, like, 
Dusty Rhodes, oh my God, this guy's a superstar, and you instantly <laughs> a champion, like right away. It like, it, but you well deserved it. You came like, you came in there knowing how to work. Like you came in there with pretty much just like ready to go. I had like, I never got the chance to ask you like. How were you so prepared and just like showed up and was like, yo, what's up? Like 450, bam, like one, two, three, give me the belt. Like, what? like tell me how like that came all about, dude. So so at the time I've been wrestling for 10 years, you know. So I've been working the indies and I started when I was 16 years old. So I, you know, I've 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 already been wrestling all around the world. So I knew I just had to learn a couple of things like camera angles and the WWE style and the, you know the backstage politics, if you will, if you want to call it that. But uh, yeah, I was lucky that uh, Steve Kern and Dusty and Norman and Dr. Tom, they all loved me and they gave me a shot. And that's, that's the key in wrestling, man. Someone has just got to give you a shot. You know, they got to give you the ball and see if you can run with it. If you mess up, then that's it. You drop the ball and then they move on to the next guy. But they gave me the ball and I just freaking ran with it. Dude, you more than ran with it. It was like, <laughs> I love getting to watch so many of our matches. I'm like, I I start come back and watch some of your old school matches because we kind of got like a lot of time in FCW and we were able to like kind of like be us and like do our stuff to get us over where, you know, like when you got to the main roster, they kind of like toned it down a little bit because the stuff you were doing in FCW was like way advanced beyond what everybody else was doing. Like, it, like you, TJ, and a couple other guys were at a certain level where – we were just like low key. We were just like, damn, these guys are like, there was just something that you guys just had more than the it factor. It was like a whole new style of wrestling that really, you guys kind of like, everyone wants to say Kenny Omega and all those guys kind of like, then that style, but you guys kind of were on the forefront and like really changed the game because you guys were the first people to do all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was guys before that. You know, like in like um, you know WCW and Cruiserweights, but you guys did more of a storytelling, but start putting all the cool high flying moves and like yet told a full story. And you could see if someone was hurt or you guys were selling apart. It would like it was really a cool thing to see. Yeah, so you know, um, in South, growing up in South Africa, we didn't have a style because you know Japanese, they have the strong style. Mexico, they have the lucha libre. The American style is very established. You know, there's a lot of TV wrestling and storytelling, which is my favorite part of wrestling, by the way. And then the British style is the what do you even call that? The tech technical style. So in South yeah, Africa, we didn't have yeah. So we didn't have a style. So what I did was I took pieces of all those styles and I combined them, and I just I, I focused on the the entertainment aspect, the storytelling, because Let's face it, that's the most important. Even, even if you want to admit it or not, that is the most important thing in wrestling. Everyone likes the action and the stunts, but if the story isn't good, then you're not going to give a, a damn, right? So it, it, I think it's very important. And uh, and it's cool now that all, all the kids on the indies, they, they, they do that style because, you know, I mean, a few luchadors will still just do lucha libre wrestling. But for the most part around the world, everyone's kind of like mashing up the styles. I call it the hybrid style. And it's pretty cool to see how it's evolved. Yeah, it's definitely a new scene and definitely a hybrid and i think you were like the main person to like really put the hybrid style make it cool like even like even though you're in like nexus and stuff like 
the chicks were like madly in love with you. Like everybody <laughs> wanted to like hang out. You were like the coolest dude in the world. It was a, it was a good time for sure, man. Like, <laughs> uh, you know what? That, that time in FCW that you were talking about, that was probably my favorite time in my career. You know, I've been wrestling for 23 years now. And uh, I remember getting there and everyone was just like so angry and upset because everyone just wanted to get to the main roster, right? So every time someone new came in, they were like, I wouldn't say threatened, but maybe they were like, who the hell is this freaking guy? Oh, it was a short take. We, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember everyone just kind of like like giving me shit and stuff like that. And uh, once they saw me wrestle my first match, then everyone was like, oh, damn, this kid can work. So then then, then, they, then I got booked on everything. Everyone wanted to be my friend. Everyone wanted to be work with me. And that was the most fun time in my life because I was only in FCW for less than a year. And, you know, coming from Africa, I come from a third world country where I was working indie shows and traveling, you know, driving hours for almost no money. And here I was in the U.S. getting paid a lot of money. Uh, I have no rent, no phone, no bills, nothing. I just got to wrestle every day. And to me, that was living the dream. Everyone was like, I want to get on TV. I'm like, you get to wrestle every single day. This is the dream. And get paid. <laughs> yeah. It looked like you guys had a lot of fun during those days at FCW. Wes and I, Wes will tell me stories all the time from back in that time. And it sounds like it was blast. We had Heath on here. He was talking about it too. You guys had some of the best coaches that you could possibly have oh yeah we've been so lucky man all of them and i've learned so much like my dad was a wrestler you know i'm i'm, I'm second so generation <laughs> and uh but i've learned more than anything from from all those coaches uh, dr tom especially norman man steve kerr oh. dusty i mean dusty's a legend dusty will go down in the history books anyone who's ever worked with dusty uh made it somewhere in wrestling yeah and he fully would actually like the cool thing about dusty is like it didn't matter who you are, what color, what race. It didn't matter with Dusty. He would give you the time of day. And if you took his information and you applied it, he would keep feeding you more. But as soon as you didn't do any, like, didn't do what he said, he'd be like, ah, next. And you could yeah. totally feel like he was giving you the perfect information. But some people were just not smart enough to soak up that information. That's so true, man. So true. And, and you, we saw it all the time, you know. Like how many, when we were there, there were probably like 112 kids at the time. Yeah. And Dusty took his time to work with any, everybody and everybody who listened made it to TV and made, yeah. and still and made a success in, in wrestling. Exactly. Like Dusty, I mean, he was awesome. And then of course we had the great Norman Smiley, which man, like Norman, like I give a lot of my credit to like Norman because he would stay after practice with me and work with me. We had some of the best coaches, but yet our place was such a shark tank. We yeah. were like, it was hard. Like, like we like laugh and like joke about it. But when we actually got to have fun, we got to have fun. But most of the time we were working shows every single day and we would maybe have Sunday off and the, some of the drives were long and it was brutal. But yet, you know, we still had our fun and we still got to like kick back and relax. But So uh, much fun. What a gr good group of guys and so many talented guys. I mean, I mean, 80% of the roster right now, uh, actually probably 90% of that FCW roster is on TV right now. I yeah. mean, you can't say the same for NXT. This is not me hating on NXT, but think about this. Has NXT ever trained someone from scratch that's on TV? One guy, one guy. And I mean, the product is great. Don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not a developmental territory anymore. It's probably more like a brand. But still, you know, NXT is still the old FCW. And uh, 
Uh, I, I mean, I, I do love the show. NXT is fantastic. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys have any matches? Did you guys work together out there? Uh, just in a couple of tags and like eight mans. And we never yeah. had a singles. Uh, recently on the indies, we had a, an epic three-way that was going to be epic, but both of us got injured in the first minute. So we had to like go home immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I got my split open from here to here. I split open, yeah. I got kicked in the nose, like I, I had like stitches in my mouth, both by the same guy. We won't we won't say too much about him. He's he's not a bad dude, but it, it just no, it, he just he it just be happened. Bad. It just happened that day. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bad day at the offices. I know, and I was so looking forward to that match too, dude. Like, like me and you were both, and I was like, man, because at first it was just me and you, like, versus each other, which I was like, yes, finally. And then it got thrown a three-way, and we were like, ah, because, I don't know, we were already just stoked to, like, like, when you already have that chemistry and you already know, like, okay, and then you get thrown, like, a bone, and you're just like, ah, it's kind of like, okay, whatever, you know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is what it is. You know, we all learn from that. But so I want to know, when did you get into skydiving? And when did you get certified? Like, because did you, were you certified when you came to Tampa, Florida, United States? Or no, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you the story. You'll actually enjoy the story. So you know, I, you know why we bonded? Because I grew up surfing. I'm an avid yeah. surfer, and I know you are too. I grew up surfing, and in Florida, there aren't too many waves. you got to drive up the coast or down the coast to find waves. So I, I just I was looking for something to, to keep me busy when we weren't working. And um, then one day, I did a tandem skydive, and it was cool. It was all right. I mean, I, I didn't get hooked or anything. But I, um, And then, you know, two, three, four months later, I pitched this Daredevil character, and I told Vince about all the stuff I want to do, you know, like motocross, surfing, all the extreme sports. And uh, he said, can you get a photo of you skydiving? And I was like... Uh, and I didn't know I could, but I said, of course I can. <laughs> yeah, so I went, yeah. I went, I went to the skydiving club. I signed up for the for the course. Uh, so what you do is you sit through six hours of ground school. They teach you everything, and then you jump by yourself. Uh, but you have two instructors, one one on this arm and one on this arm, and they kind of just fly around to see so if you, you can. Didn't, you didn't have to do the like mandatory. Uh, no. You didn't have no. to do the mandatory. I think it's like. Yeah, no, you don't have you don't have to do any of that if you sign up for pilot school because I wanted to be a pilot anyway, so I, oh, I just went through, went through all the shit. But anyway, I wanted to do just that one jump to get a picture and show Vince, but that's where I got hooked. That yeah. that jump where I jumped by myself was just the most freeing thing ever. It was just incredible, and I think I wasn't booked for like the, the following month because I was supposed to work on some vignettes, but I, I think I. It takes about it takes about a year or two to get certified. I think I got certified in like two weeks, dude. I would knock out like ten jumps a day. I would go yeah. to training. I would go into the tunnel. I would go spend time with the military guys, and then I became a coach, and then I became an instructor, teaching other people. But uh, I don't do that you anymore. Met, that time. My good buddy Ryan. Yes, that's exactly it. Actually, we started together. Small world, right? <laughs> Small world, dude. We actually started together. Ryan is a badass. He's still one of my my close boys, dude. He's one of the best skydivers on the planet right now. Yeah, doesn't he? Doesn't he mainly focus on capturing the moments, right? Right. He does cameras, but he also puts up uh, events. Like uh, he's got like two or three world records. Like he helps with his, these massive events where they try to set up world records and stuff. One day I'll get onto one of those. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm surprised you don't have one. Like it's like me and him. Like we. We were like professional wakeboarders together, and we yep, used yep. to be together and stuff. But yeah, I'm surprised you don't already have a world record. 
I just, I, I got I, I to gotta put the time in, you know. So, like, I, this, I'm so busy with wrestling and all my other businesses and other sports. So I don't really care too much. I just want to have fun. I'm like a soul surfer. You know what that is, right? I'm a soul skydiver. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so sick. Like, I love looking at your post. And, like, for me, like, I skydived a couple of times. But then I got really hooked into it. One time I was bungee jumping. And I got hooked into the guys with vertical bungee jump. And these are guys that are like, like I'm not talking about like bungee jumping at like a fairgrounds or something. Like we're talking about sneaking onto a bridge and like he's like, hey, we're all going to jail. Not only not only going to jail, we caught we all could die right now. Like so it's like, you know, like me with these dudes, these dudes are super gnarly and they're like you know, everything by the book, everything has to be right, everything, like, it was crazy. I did, like, one of my jumps was, like, 378, and it was, like, right at sunset. I'm in Seattle, Washington, and I'm, like, I'm, like, all right, and I jump, and I remember just jumping and just falling and just seeing, like, the whole mountain range and all of sunset and just that just that couple seconds of just complete free. It's like, Joy. it's like, yeah, it's like being a barrel or it's like, it's that one time where time stops. It literally time like feels like it, like you can hold in a little bubble and say, guess what? I'm just going to capture it for, it might not happen very long, but you can just capture it just for two seconds, three seconds where it feels like an eternity. And then all sign, bam. Yeah. So that that feeling that you're describing, those two three seconds, you get that for 60 seconds in skydiving. Yeah, dude. But see, when I did, I was attached to somebody, so I was like, yeah, right. like it's kind of like, right. you know right. that feeling. It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's you know, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I got hooked when I did it by myself. That's when I got hooked. Like, yeah. kind of was like, yeah, it was alright. But like, when once you like do everything yourself, and you know, you go through six hours of ground school, and they teach you all the emergency procedures, but one. Once you pull that parachute yourself and you, you look up and you're like, oh man, I don't remember any of this shit. <laughs> Do you pack your own pack now? Like, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. That's of course. So, dope. Dope. That's so sick. <laughs> I was I, thinking I, I, the other day, I was like, could I, because I was watching some video of someone skydiving and I was just like, man, I don't, I want to do it. But that part where the door opens and you're like right down the edge, I don't know if I can do it. Like, that's I, the I'm, best part. That's the best part. Even my friends who are scared of heights, they go, yo, when that door opened, I just wanted to get out of this thing. <laughs> like, that's what they – and those guys, the plane is super rickety, too. Like, the plane <laughs> is not the best plane. It's like it's like going hey. – and, and then they slide this door open. Yeah. Oh Norman just texted me. We were just talking about him. No. Uh -huh. Tell him we're talking about him right now on the podcast. <laughs> Will do. Oh, he's the man. How funny is that? I've been doing that lately. Whenever I think of someone, they either call me or they text me or something. It's crazy. You agree why? Because we have a good spiritual vibe. I feel the same way. Like I feel like we like we have a good soul, a good like you know, like me and you have never ever been caught up in like all ego or just any of that. We've kind of just always been us. We've never really changed at all. We've kind of just been like a wave we just flow through the ocean wherever it brings us it brings us i think it's action action sports or extreme sports as people call it that that's 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 what that's why we are like that because think about it 
Ryan is like that. Other Ryan is like that. All our friends who are into extreme sports are like the, just the coolest people. Like, I don't know. Maybe it grounds us in a way. Maybe we just have a different outlook on life. I think that's what it is. Well, I think it's because we're always putting life and death and we're playing with it, but we respect it. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand that. It's like, they're like, Wes, when you, like, you're crazy because I've been big wave chasing. Like, that's been my thing is trying to catch a 30-foot wave. Yeah, and like, you got like what but i'm like i'm training i'm doing breath holding i'm like doing certain things but yet it's that you know we all have respect for each other because we know how much effort and how much skill it takes to be humble enough to be able to throw your life out out there just for that 60 seconds mm -hmm. of pure bliss and happiness there's a lot of preparation and preparing for us to be able to reach that level Right, many people don't know that, don't think that. They go, they think we're just yahoos who do crazy stuff. Like, I mean, you just talked about the training for the big wave surfing. I trained for two years before I, before I surfed big waves, you know, like doing the breath work, carrying the rocks at the bottom, and you know, like all these things that we do, it's very calculated and stuff. We're, we're not crazy people. I don't know, I think people that don't love their true selves, they're crazy. Yeah, for sure. No, you guys, the thing is, you guys, people don't realize, like, you guys are probably some of the hardest working people around. I mean, really, you guys are always on the go. You're always doing something. You're always in, inside, outside of the ring. I mean, you know, skydiving, wrestling, uh, everything you got going on. I mean, and Wes, you're the same thing. I mean, we talk all the time. You're cooking. You're doing your cooking show. You're out there spearing fish. You're surfing. You're, I mean, you guys are always doing something. And that's that. more people need to be like that. Oh, totally. And, and hopefully we can inspire some people to do that, dude. Like, that's you have to live your life the, the way you want it, you know? I hate it when people tell me, like, oh, my parents told me not to do this, or the government told me not to do this, or the teachers told me to live this way. Fuck, oh, excuse me, excuse my language. F that, you, you know? We're allowed one. We just... Yeah. Okay. We're not as we want, but we just try to keep it like. Fair, fair like, enough. Sorry, I just got so emotional that I, I don't cuss that often. But uh, you know what I mean? Like you, everyone, nobody knows your own truth, so you have to live your life the way you want to live it. Like don't listen to anybody else. You know, take advice maybe from your peers and stuff like that. But don't don't worry about it. Even your parents, they don't know what you want. Right. Yeah. And that's totally true because I have doctors have told me after. Knee surgery. I've never. I will never be able to do this ever again. And I look at him. I'm like, you don't know my willpower. You don't right. know my soul. You don't. You don't know me. Maybe you will stop because you don't have that passion, that drive to become something you already are. Mm -hmm. I like. I. I like. I tell people all the time. I feel like I'm kind of like a caterpillar. You know, eventually I'll get to that butterfly state, but right now I'm still going through periods of my life where I still haven't got my wings yet. You know what I mean? Like I'm still like, there's so much more you get to discover and be like, I can't just settle right now for where I'm at. Like I believe that there's something greater and bigger and I don't, I, I, maybe I think crazy, but I don't know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. I, you're right, and I and I feel, I feel like Earth is is a school. We're here to experience certain things. I, I I think feelings and emotions and stuff like that because on higher planes you don't get that. You don't get there's not a lot of like feelings and emotions as much as they're here. So I think maybe 
Earth is just a school. I've been recently doing past life regressions and going through my lives in, in other timelines. And, you know, I never used to believe in stuff like that. But, like, once you experience that, man, you you know what it's like. Whereas once once yeah. you open open up that that gland, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, man. Again, uh, one of our viewers said wise words, both of you. And that's very true. So, because you, Wes, you were talking about how you, they said you weren't going to be able to do much again uh pj you kind of had the same thing happen yep. you were base jumping is this correct i yeah i broke both my legs twice um same thing they told me i'll never wrestle again probably never walk again and it, i was i was in a wheelchair for 10 months the last time and i was like i'm not gonna let anybody tell me what what i can and cannot do i, I have to at least try you know and i you know i did i did um, learn a lot in those 10 months uh, it put me on the path that i'm on now um, I taught myself some skills because I thought maybe, maybe I won't wrestle again. So, you know, I started doing other stuff and setting up projects and businesses. But then I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come back. Even if I retire after that, I'm going to come back and show everybody that I can do this. You know, hopefully I inspire a couple of kids, um, which I'm pretty sure I did. Who knows? Even if I didn't, <laughs> but I'm stoked about it. So what was the change? Like, what was it that all of a sudden the fire was reignited? You know what? It was just, there was a few things. Um, you know, I was at the time, like most wrestlers, I was hooked on, on alcohol and, and pain pills, you know, like most guys and most athletes, you know, you get, you get, you get addicted to these things because it's just a lifestyle that we live. And I was in hospital and they gave me a handful of, um, pills and I was like, Oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, so I started like reading books and which I never did. Now I'm, I read like two books a week and it started from there. So that's another positive change in my life. But and so many other ones. But anyway, I started doing research on alternative healing and, and, and holistic medicine and stuff like that. And I discovered so many things that helped me. And I, I, I've never, I don't even go to the doctor. I don't take any antibiotics. I don't, there's a plant for every single thing on this planet. Um, I work and I live with a lot of shamans and stuff like that. And they teach me about medicine, like natural medicine from the Amazon. And uh, I, don't, I don't admit this very often because if my mom's watching this, I'm sorry. But I, when, I, when I discovered cannabis, and I never touched it in my life until I was like 36 years old. But for, for pain, I have arthritis too in, in my whole body. When I discovered cannabis, I didn't touch anything else. Like I stopped drinking alcohol. I haven't had a drink since. I stopped opiates. I stopped all that stuff. So for me, it was, it was amazing, actually. A, a lot of people don't realize that. See, I come from my culture. My heritage is Native American. So mm -hmm. we believe in all plant-based healing. We don't believe in, you know, pills and all that other stuff. We believe that Mother Nature provide, provides us with, you know, plants yes. and healing. And the opiates, and we've seen it with NFL, we've seen it with basketball, we've seen it with baseball. MMA. Uh, MMA, especially with MMA, that's one of the biggest ones where a lot of the guys were like, hey, man, like, we do not want to take these pills anymore. We're so banged up. And people don't understand, like, because you don't understand, it's like wrestling and MMA and extreme sports and all of that. It's getting in a car crash multiple times a day. It's like literally getting in a car crash multiple times a day. 
and you're doing this day in and day out. You're not sleeping. You're not eating properly. You're traveling. You're not comfortable. Your diet gets messed up, and you have to get something just to get you by. It's not like it's not like oh man, we're gonna party. It's more like man, I gotta you know sit in a car for another eight hours, get out, do this, jump on the plane. And, you know, thank goodness now people are starting to see that there is a plan out there that can help you, that can yeah. actually do some good for you. And, yes, you know, it. everything has its evils, but with that plan, there's a lot more positives than there right. is with mm-hmm. negatives. And exactly, exactly. And there's so many more plants, too, that we're discovering now. There are hundreds of plants. Just in cannabis alone, there are hundreds of cannabinoids. We know of two. We know of the, the CBD and the THC, right? The psychoactive and the non-psychoactive one. There are probably about 90 other non-psychoactive ones that do things for us. And many, many, many. Yeah, many people don't know this. Now that it's legal, we can study it, you know? And slowly, all the, all the others, the and, uh, psychoactive and non-psychoactive mushrooms and all these other plants and, and, and medicine. Exactly. Ayahuasca. Like, these are great, great, great medicines. But yeah, in the last couple of years, it's really been, the steam's really been picking up. You're really seeing it now. Yeah, yeah. but it's all if you do it properly and do it with the proper shamans, the proper doctors, the proper, yeah. like, like, guys, we're not promoting anything. We're not, you know, we're just saying there's other alternatives out there it's than, than being addicted to pills or alcohol. Exactly. Like, exactly. Those are the killers. And, um, you know, just be smart and be aware and, you know, do your research. You know, it's, yes. it, it's, it's good to be smart and read and know everything. Like, just get your knowledge of everything. Like, I Google whatever I do, I Google and see the outcomes. What, like, whether it's what I eat, whether it's my workouts, whether it's a breath holding technique, whether it's fishing, whether it's surfing, I always try to like, you know, like make sure I know every bit of knowledge about what activity I'm doing, whether that's why you're so good at what you do. And, and, you know, that's why some of us excel in certain things because we, we take the time to study our craft, you know, and some people are visual learners. They can learn from just watching. Some people have to read a book. Some people have to learn a different way, and you—that's the key. I think people just have to find a way that that they can learn or they can connect to whatever it is that they're trying to do. You know, you can be successful in anything. Like whatever you're passionate about, it you will make money in it eventually if you're passionate about it and you learn it and you study your craft and you know everything about it. That's yeah. a fact. That's that's true. I'm very curious to know about this because uh, you mentioned that you didn't even. You know, back then you weren't reading books at all. Now you read two books a week. Now you're also writing a book. Is that correct? I am. I'm, I'm writing a book on biohacking, actually. So this is, this is another thing that come that came from my accident. You know, I, I was studying holistic medicine and alternative healings because I didn't want to. I hate I, that was my first and only surgery I've ever gotten because I usually I choose not to get the surgery. A few times I, I probably should have, but I, I didn't. You know, like oh I have this gap here. But, but anyway, so like, you know, on my journey, I discovered all these these hacking, biohacking tools, if you will, you know, like cryo chambers, the, the hyperbaric chambers, the red light therapies. Like, I mean, there's so many, like the uh, the fascia release, like oh, there's so many. And I tried them all and I try to document most of them. Uh, but now I feel like more people should know about this. So I'm going to write the book. That's awesome. I got to hook you up with the guy that uh, he'd love to 
do some give you some information. He okay, helped yeah, I'd love to. me out with uh, concussion, and he really helped me out with my lower back. He was doing electronic acupuncture. Oh wow! Yeah, it yeah. was insane. The sessions would last for around thirty or forty minutes, mm-hmm. and literally my back pain would go away. What so did he do it with needles? Yeah, he, meter, he would read it out. He would do it like we. I, I did blood work with him first. He did like a bunch of like he worked for a guy. He worked for the White House for a little bit. Then wow. he went over to Japan and worked for this doctor that like trained him. And then he goes back and forth and helps the guys at the White House. And then he does like certain sports guys. And uh, he just found me and hit me up. You know, I was like, yeah, like my back's so bad that I don't want to get back surgery. But he's like, well, I can fix it. And believe it or not, with that electrical acupuncture and bringing, like, the proper electrodes to certain areas and breaking up the blood flow and just mm-hmm. relaxing certain muscles and just – it worked. And I was, it, it blew my mind. Powerful. So, yeah. so they, they, they've taken that uh, even a step further because, as we know by now, everything around us is frequency, frequency vibration, right? So uh, sound is a frequency. Light is just a frequency. So instead of the, the, the electric pulses they do, they can do it with light. They can do the same thing. But you have to know where the meridian points on the body is. Like a, a really good acupuncture guy will know. So they don't even need the, all the electric stuff anymore. They have this little light thing, and they can just twe- uh, tweak it to any color they want, and they know exactly what color goes where. You know, like, like for instance, like uh, I did a past life regression the other day, and on my foot – I had to put the yellow line. You go up there and you go up and down three times. And it's basically yeah. like ac- acupuncturing the whole thing. And, and it doesn't hurt because it's just light. And there's different spots in your body that you can do it. You the have light. to be good at Yeah. He got, he got me a couple of times where I was like, ah, this kind of hurts. And he was right. like shocking the shit out of me. I was like, right. So with a light, the light doesn't shock at all. You don't even feel it with a light. I use my one F word. There it is. <laughs> Back to the light. The light. Right. You don't. You don't yeah. And and the light thing it works exactly the same because it's a frequency. It shoots that whatever that vibration. Same as the the, the vibration of the sound. The light yeah. shoots that through whatever through the membranes. I don't even know exactly how it works, but it it, it does. It works exactly the same. And there's no needles and there's no vibrations or shocking or anything. And it works. Exactly the same. Uh, it's, yeah. it's so amazing. The, the whole the whole theory behind it is it, it breaks up blood flow. It, right. So blood flow. The more blood flow you have, the more you can heal whatever is hurting. Right. And, and more stem cells. Yeah. So when you get hurt, you get like a lump or a claw, and that helps break it up, which creates healing faster. Right, right. Yeah, and, and the body works, everything in the body works like that. Your digestive system works like that. Your arteries work the same. Obviously, if your blood's like really thick, it's going to struggle to move. Your fascia works like that. Every time you get a, um, an injury, right, that your fascia kind of like bulbs up. That's the ball you're feeling. It's not so much the muscle, it's the fascia. So the fascia is the, the, the thin sheath that's between the, the muscle and the, uh, the skin, and it, it bulbs up. And you have to like work it out, but they can do it with sound now. Um, but it, it, it not only um, physical trauma, it also holds emotional trauma. Because if you get your whole body done, you'll start crying for no reason. You'll be like, what the hell is going on? And the yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just normal. I even had a spiritual experience. I released some DMT and I went into a freaking different universe. Like once they release all those little tension balls 
it really is amazing because you know, your body can heal better it can like it can absorb nutrients better like it just does everything better well that's the one thing that he told me he's like Wes you fully have to like release everything why I'm doing he's like you don't release everything and I'm like whatever he goes if you cry if you whatever it doesn't matter you just kind of have to release everything if you really want this to get healed and you know I'm a spiritual dude so but at first I'm like ha like really I'm like and I really don't feel like crying today like <laughs> like, like really like what's up with that you know but then like what you started doing and once you hit a spot and hit an emotion and it hits something and I released everything it gave me freedom again in my back where I was like Wow, like yeah, that's the best thing I've ever done. Like out of all the biohacking things, and I've done it all, that uh, the fascia release—I don't even know what it's called—fascia contouring. There's only one. Yeah. There's only a few doctors that do that know these techniques. This this guy that I went to—he's actually trying to go around and teaching all the other doctors this because I mean, more people need to to get healed. You know, like how many people live in pain? Yeah, and instead of just getting diagnosed with the painkiller, these guys right. are actually, these guys are actually doing good, and it's actually healing. Where you don't, all you need to do is drink some water afterwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. I've been someone who's always been, you know, doctors, meds, whatever my whole life. And in the last few years, I've tried, you know, acupuncture. I've tried the cupping. I've tried the float tanks. I've oh. tried some stuff. And yeah, it was like, wait a minute. This is an option. <laughs> like I could have been yeah. doing it the whole time. Right. What do you it's, it's think about this the, and, and not, not, giving anyone talking bad about any industry, but the, the, the medical industry is a business and they want to make money. So if they heal you in the first session, they're not going to make money, you know? And that, that's a sad part because a lot of doctors are just in it for the money. There are, there are a few who are in it to help people and heal people, but for the most part, not. You know, big pharma, we see it all the time. Like, why do they give people certain work. drugs when they can, exactly, it's a work. <laughs> it's, a yeah, freaking, it's, a, it's a business, so they want to make as much money out of you as possible. They don't care about your health. Yeah, I don't believe in all that stuff, but he's a devil. Like, yeah. They were like, <laughs> they, they destroyed too many lives. But um, so right now, like, where, what's your path right now with wrestling? What are you, are you just right now just, is there some goals you want to achieve? Is there, are, are you just, like, for me right now, when I wrestle, it's not about, for me, it's more about helping kids. And I know, I know it sounds kind of stupid, but it's when the kids come up to you and say, Hey man, I've been going through a lot and you know, you took the time and you actually, you know, helped me through this problem. That's kind of what's keeping me wrestling right now is right. Right. Know, it like we have, we have this weird ability to be able to reach people and like, my wifey, my girl, my beautiful woman, she always tells me that. She's like, you're so nice to all these kids and you mean so much to them and you put your life out there and you destroy your body and you're not chasing after any championship. But I, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I love being able to give those kids a break from reality, whether, totally. you know, like what, 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 
what, what's your path right now? Right? So, wow, I mean, so a lot to touch on here. Like, I, I feel the same as you. I, I like to motivate and inspire kids so much so that I actually started a wrestling company in South Africa and I'm setting up wrestling schools all over South Africa because I want to teach kids what I have learned. You know, not a lot of kids from South Africa have had opportunities, unfortunately. No, you know, so, so exactly. So I want to create opportunities for those kids. Um, you know, but I can, right now I, I just signed a massive multi-year deal with Ring of Honor, which I'm really stoked about more money than, than I made in WWE and all the other companies. So, and I think it's a fantastic company, man. Like people are sleeping on, on ROH, but once the, uh, the pure tournament comes out next week and it's going to be awesome, bro. Our new set looks amazing. My music is sick. Like everything is just perfect. They give me full oh, okay. creative, full right. creative control, bro. Full creative You're control. You know. One, stop me one second. Tell me about the music. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, so maybe we can play it on here maybe afterwards or whatever. But yeah, Michael Tarver did the music. I've been working on it with no him. No way, Tarver, you had, yeah, dude. Yeah, Tarver did the, 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 the music. I gave him a couple of phrases that I wanted him to use. But I also worked with another music producer, uh, John. He, uh, he, he did the beat. I told him exactly what I wanted, and we played around with some stuff, and, we, you know, we – we worked on it since November, so it's been coming a long time, but I'm so stoked about it. You know, the whole character is coming together nicely right now. Um, I've been working the New Japan shows too recently, so I've been back and forth doing that. We did the, the Pure Tournament, the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. We bring that title back. Uh, that was one of my favorites as a, as a youngster. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping I get to go far in this tournament. But in the same week, I also did the New Japan USA Cup. So it's been a pretty busy week for me. Um, and it, it's been fun. It's been, you know, I haven't wrestled in five months, so my body kind of hurts a little bit, <laughs> but it feels good. Like after every match, I was like, yeah, I, I want to do this because I'm, it, it's weird because you know what it's like. You kind of lose passion for a little while and then you kind of oh. go through the mo motions. But I feel like I'm more passionate now than ever, especially with the, with, with the creative freedom they give me, my storylines that I get to be hands on involved with and the new character and everything. So I'm just super stoked right now. But what yeah, I, you, I'm going to. Opinion of wrestling with nobody in the crowd. Oh, that that was tough. That is extremely tough, and I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> but right now we, we gotta do it, right? I was like, what is going? On? <laughs> yeah. Like we have a TV show that we have to produce for for the the new New Japan show and also Ring of Honor, so we have to you know put content out there. Actually, yeah. Ring of Honor hasn't filmed shows at all, but we have been creating content from home. We actually, I actually did a whole episode on extreme sports. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, it's free on Fight Network or the Fight app. It was pretty. Yeah, where, where, where can they check it out? Give them, give, give yeah. the people details to find it. It's it, it, the Ring of Honor is in a different, different time, different place or different channel in every area. But most people, you can watch the weekly show on the the website rohwrestling.com. Oh, segment with like, where can they find your stuff? Oh, you can go on Fight TV. Just just go on Fight TV, uh, the Fight TV app, or Fight.tv online, and you can watch uh, most of the wrestling shows for free there. But they can also type in, I believe, PJ yeah. Black, and yep. and it'll yep. be all your stuff. Like they don't like, let's say, like someone. Exactly. Like, I didn't want to like sit through and like have to watch everything. <laughs> like go in there and be like, oh man, I just want to watch my homie PJ Black and see what he's up to. Right. Exactly. I'm gonna pull it up here right now, actually, so you can see. So this is the fight app. You type in Ring of Honor, and you can kind of Good scroll. Out to, uh, Mike Weber, the owner, CEO. Good yeah. friend of yeah, same. See, there's a whole episode just on me. Oh, nice. Oh, dude, guys, you guys gotta check it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's a fun one because there's a bunch of extreme sports in there. Three of my favorite matches so far in ROH. And it was hard to pick three because every single one has been a favorite so far, you know, because I have the freedom, the creative freedoms. I can just do whatever the hell I'm good at. Like, it'd be me. And see, like, I feel like that's so awesome because there's guys like you and Heath Slater and a lot of guys that if they get the creative freedom, it's not like you're going to go out there and do every spot. You're still going right. to – you're still going to tell a story, but you're going to actually be able to grab that paintbrush and be that Bob Ross and paint that little happy tree somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that's our whole, our whole thing is to be able to like create and give the fans an illusion of something greater than what we do. Like it's an art form. It's that right. little happy tree somewhere, you know, and that's the whole thing. Like if we get so when, we get constricted, it's so hard to be able to paint because you're only dealing with, you know, like purple or dark right. green. And you're like, two colors. Like, right. That's funny that you bring up that analogy because I used it before, like years ago. They were like, why did you leave? And I'm like, well, think about this. Imagine telling Picasso he can only paint sunsets for the rest of his life, nothing else. You'll get extremely bored. You get bored, you get annoyed, you get angry. Like, who, who knows? Everyone reacts differently to it, but that's exactly what it's like. I don't like to do the same thing every single night, you know? Like, it's, I'm like actually... getting, it's like getting that little four-pack of crowns, and you're like, <laughs> I know there's like I'm a the same. pack that has like every single one, the 50-pack. I want the 50-pack. Like, right, right. <laughs> well, you, know what, you know what's really cool, too, about you guys? If, you know, anywhere that either of you two go, and do anything and having that creative freedom what's awesome is you know nowadays with all the different products and stuff you know there's a lot of stuff where it feels the storytelling aspect and and, and everything and the old school way is kind of maybe dying a little bit but you two understand that and both of you do an amazing job in any match that you're in telling the story going through the motions getting the crowd invested uh on whatever it is which is amazing too for these up-and-comers now coming into the business to be able to learn from two guys like you who still have that old school feel so it kind of because sometimes i get a little bit like man this isn't wrestling anymore right yeah. but that's funny you say that thanks for that big compliment big ace but uh it's true though like you uh, you you might think it's kind of like dying but it's not there are very few guys left who kind of like put it in like even guys that you think are spot monkeys they're actually incredibly good storytellers because otherwise I you wouldn't did. care about them so like it's we're we're on the underground like we we're in the bigger companies we help other guys put matches together because we want the show we help wherever we can and then there's there's quite a few of us and a lot of the youngsters that I train I teach them old school style I'm like you can do whatever you want you can do all this new school stuff but just know how to do it yeah. you know and and, and uh, Dwayne Rocky Rock told me this once he goes you can you can adapt to whatever you want but you got to learn the basics first and that's why I tell kids like learn the old school style you can do whatever you want after that but trust me. You're gonna make it if you know if you know the old school style. Well, well, PJ, don't you think it's too many people? And I tell that I make this analogy with the companies that I work with, and the, the when I age in a match or I I do my little bit in wrestling is I tell people I go, you guys are too worried about getting clapped. Yeah. I mean, why don't you get people cheering your name? Because when they right. go home, they're their name they're not going to remember the guy they clap for they're going to be like well that guy did a cool move and i clap exactly I'm with, them, I'm with them 
you know, chanting PJ, P, because then they're going to go home and they're going to spread that name and that name's going to live forever. Right. Because- oh, they jump out of the chair. Like, did you see that? Did you see what that guy did? You know, that's, that's what you want. That's the reaction you guys want. Yeah. And it's because you're the puppet master. And I'm so tired of wrestlers letting the crowd dictate what you do. Mm-hmm. We dictate what the crowd feels or if they chair or if they're boo. And you know, like too many people are too worried about getting and you gotta worry about getting yourself over and letting them remember your name. I want I don't want people to clap for me. I want them chanting Brisco, Brisco, Brisco. That means right. they clapping for any move I do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there, man. And I wish more kids would understand that. A lot of these young up and comers don't understand that, but there are a lot of them who do understand that and they yeah. you know they, they get it that quick, you know, and, and, you and then the other kids the other kids ask them, like, Hey, what how did you what did you do to get over? I'm like, You don't you don't see what he did? Like <laughs> And I think you were one of the prime examples of that. Like even in FCW, you always paid attention to the crowd. You were always really aware of you know, the crowd's reaction and your reaction that you receive back to the crowd. You've always right. we, been. We play, we play off each other. And that's what, it, that's what, that's what it's about. Like people go to a show to release, like you said earlier, you want to get away from reality. You know, you want to enjoy your time. You want to join in. You want to cheer. You want to like clap. You want to yell the guy's catchphrase. You want to do all these things. That's why you go to a show. And that's why it's so hard doing these empty arenas. But there are ways to do this. Like, so you got to change the psychology up a little bit. It's a little different way of storytelling. Everyone's still trying to just do the same thing. You have to adapt. You have to always, wrestling is always evolving. You're going to have to always adapt. Look at the guys right now that have been wrestling for 20, 30 years. They are there because they have adapted with the times. You know, if I just, if I'm just an old school wrestler, maybe I would be somewhere, but I, I kind of, I can do all the styles. I adapt to wherever I go. And I think that's the key. Yeah, and I like that's why you, your style of wrestling has been one of my favorite styles and something that I've always, you know, looked up to and imitated. And it was funny because when I was at FCW, I didn't really get it because I came straight from extreme sports and amateur wrestling and, you know, having two different black belts and whatever, all that other stuff. So I didn't, I didn't really get it. I was just FCW style. And then when I got released, and I was able to go to Puerto Rico. I was able to go to Europe. I was able to wrestle all these other different independents. I was able to wrestle Japan, Canada, Mexico, you know, Bahamas, wherever. I was able to soak up all these different styles. And I think that's what's really helped my style of wrestling and create who I was, in which I'm blessed that I almost wish every wrestler could almost, before you get signed, be able to like go to all these different countries that learn and soak up all these that's, different colleges. That's what the territories were. That's what, that's exactly why the territory, you would go to the territory, stay there for like six months to a year, sometimes two years if you were making money and then you'd move to New York. Right. And then you'd move yeah. to Texas. That's how it used to work. Even South Africa was like an unofficial territory. And cause you go to South Africa, you go to Britain, you go everywhere and you learn and then you hit the big time, you know, it's kind of like, that's a kind of lost part of the business. But like you said, there's a lot of, a lot of us who still do that. I mean, a perfect example is Fifth Finley's kid. He did it the old school way, and look at him, man. He is fantastic. Oh, man, 
What a Dude, stunt. what a stunt. So, so good. I mean, he's third, fourth generation wrestler. Who knows? But, I mean, it's in his blood, too. And, uh, hey, coming back to that, you could have fooled me, man. You say you didn't have it figured out in FCW. I, I thought you were incredibly talented, man. I was like, yep, this is just in his blood. Like, you you walked in there. Within two weeks, you had a match or something. And I was like, wow, this. I thought you have been working forever. Well, they were just like, well, if you get lost, it's amateur wrestling. I was like, huh? yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, so I would never have known that. I thought you were great from day one, dude. <laughs> no, dude, I had no idea. I had like no clue, and that's why I think a lot of people kind of hated on me, and a lot of people didn't like me. You know, most of the most of the second generation guys, a lot of guys didn't like. Yeah, like you know, there was a lot of hatred, but you know, I just worked hard, and you know, I just mind my own business and did me. You know, I didn't really care about what anybody else thought, but you know, and like. It must have been crazy for you because you came from a whole another country. You came from like literally like the farthest mother. Oh, man, I did too. The farthest place physically possible you could come from. I've done that plane ride three times now, and it is a biatch. How long is it? Uh, from Atlanta, it's like 18 hours, but I'm in yeah. LA, so it's like 23 hours. <laughs> yeah, and it all depends on if you're flying to Johannesburg or you're flying to Cape Town. Yep. You know, those are whole like those are whole like that's a that's a whole other plane ride. That's another three or four hours. Like, probably <laughs> yeah. over the 24 five hour flight from either LA or luckily I got lucky. I got direct from Johannesburg, and then after Johannesburg got out and then went to uh, Cape Town. Oh, nice. But, so, okay, back to you. You know, fresh baby face, smiling, don't know anything about the U.S. Bam, here's PJ. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything. Like you said, I don't know anything, but I did know how to wrestle. And I, I do know how to make people oh, cheer. I, I do know how to make people laugh. I, I know how to like, make them like me or dislike me. So I just use those skills in, in in everyday life, you know. I use it in the training school. I use it on the coaches. I use it in front of the audience, and it, it works every time. But, <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm trying to manipulate people. I just, like, no, no, no you adapt to. I want to know, what was the feeling? Like, did you, like, like you just saying, okay, like, okay, I'm about to hear live out my dream, but yet I'm coming from a whole other country, and I'm leaving everything back at home. And I'm just going to say, you know what? F it. Bam. Like, that had been – I mean, I, I've lived places, but not as far – like, I've lived in Puerto Rico, but that's only a two-and-a-half-hour play here. That's not a whole journey <laughs> to get back home. Like, we're talking about, we're talking about a whole other journey just to even try to get home. Let yeah, alone yeah. love alone ones communicate because there's the, the time difference is way off. Mm-hmm. You know, like as a young man coming to US just being thrown like into Tampa, like because I know like Joanne's like Cape Town, like at all parties, but you just getting thrown into the US. Like what was that like? Like what like how did you feel? I mean, I, I remember just feeling really good because, you know, I got to live my dream. I got to, like, wrestle every day, and that, that was an amazing feeling. I will never forget that, actually, when I got the phone call. That was probably the most incredible time ever, 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 ever. You know, like, I just I was just, like, I remember being on the golf course, and I just jumped up and down, and some dude was about to tee off, and he's like, shut up. <laughs> and I, I just, I was just like, I was like, 
I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, I'm moving to the U.S. You want to come? And she's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was just, I was just stoked, you know, because I, I, I didn't know too much, but I knew that the U.S. was a great place. And I knew I wanted to live here because I could live my dream. And that, to me, that was, that, was, that was the biggest thing because I, I would have lived in anywhere. I would have lived in China. I would have lived in uh, like any place if I could wrestle every day, you know, because that was my dream ever since I was a kid. And I've been very lucky that I've been traveling the world doing that. So let me ask you this. You say it was your dream. Oh, sorry. I also lived in the, in the UK for like five years. I lived in London for five years. I lived in um, in Edinburgh. I lived in Scotland for a while. So I, I've, I've kind of been like a gypsy my whole life. So I do like the traveling. Is that where you went to school was in London? College? I was going to college, yes. Because you have a – remind me what your, your degree is. Uh, I have a master's in sports science and nutrition. Hell Yeah. I was actually thinking of doing my PhD, yeah. so people can legit call me doctor. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of, Doctor Black. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, in the in the in the Eastern medicine, I am a doctor, <laughs> just not in the West. There it is. But I don't think people get the uh, pun of the doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, we won't get into that now. <laughs> we won't. So, like you were saying, as a kid, you've always wanted to be a wrestler and stuff. So I, I do want to ask because. You were involved in a moment uh, uh, on Telefied's wrestling that was a pretty iconic moment and got reaction that it, at that time seemed to be missing. You weren't getting the reaction that you guys got when the Nexus takeover happened on Raw. Uh, I mean, just what was going through your head when you guys came out that night? Just because again, that still I watched it recently and that's still an iconic mm-hmm. moment. Well, that it is. It is. Yeah. What's that? that Raw got stale and everything was like kind of like. Just like how Ace was saying, it was kind of like nothing was happening on TV. And then all of a sudden, bam, you guys. Well, that was Vince. That was all Vince's idea. He pulled us into the office that day and he goes, this is what you guys are going to do. And we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, I guess. that We've never seen that because, you know, Dr. Tom used to say this all the time. What's old is new. What's new is old. There aren't many storylines that are unique in this business at all. Like everything's borrowed from the 50s, sometimes the 1600s. It's been wrestling has been around forever. You know, it's very hard to come up with something unique. And I think we did something unique that day. But, you know, it was so unique that we didn't really know what to expect. We was like, oh, this is different. But, yeah, whatever. We're going to listen to uh, the old man and just do whatever he wants. And it, it turned out great. And I, I don't think it really sunk in until we started doing, like, promos uh, when, when Raw opened. You know, like, we used to walk to the ring. You know, when the intro played on TV, yeah. we used to walk to the ring and you could just feel the heat. Look, I'm getting goosebumps. Like you could just feel that energy and that people were so, like hating us so much. Like it was awesome. Like it was it was so cool. You guys literally changed the ratings of Raw. Yeah. You guys yeah. made Raw cool to watch again. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish that whole angle like carried on for a little bit longer, but you know it is what it is. Like. No. Yeah, that was an amazing moment. It really was. Just hey. the action of the crowd that night. Like I remember the close up of the one lady where she's like. Yeah. on the barrier and it's like like because again it was you've seen the run-ins and stuff like that right it just destroyed the whole place it, it was, was super like, fun it was, i i i tried to uh set the ropes on fire but uh, they wouldn't let me do that <laughs> but wouldn't like as you as you know being a fan and someone watching wouldn't you say that finally lit raw back up that raw was kind of stale at that time and finally yeah. raw got some like like off behind it, you know. What do you think? It's like as as being a fan, as being someone watching it. Didn't you feel like the Nexus really brought brought Raw to a whole nother level? 
yeah, I mean, I don't remember what was going on storylines leading up to when the Nexus stuff happened. Exactly. happened exactly. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is, I mean, uh, I, I will always remember the splash off the top rope to kind of have yeah. that as well, because it was like, whoa, like, yeah. it's crazy. And yeah, and it made it exciting. I remember going to Bragging Rights 2010, and that was the that was the show where uh, Cena and Otunga became champs, tag champs. Oh. And it was also the buried, the last buried alive match that's happened with Taker and Kane. Oh uh, wow, yeah, we were involved in that too. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, you all came out at the end, and yeah. and again, that was another moment of why no, what is going? And then invested, super invested. Like that next that night, we were like, I can't wait to see how they get involved right, with this right. Kane angle, which then nothing ever did happen with it. Yeah, but yeah. Man. it was like, oh man, I remember being in that building that night, and it was just like, the, what? Nexus yeah. in this too. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. I mean, uh, they should have maybe handled it a little bit different, and I'm not exactly sure what happened with all that. But uh, you know, yeah, we, we yeah, that's wrestling. I, I feel <laughs> like uh, there's just too many wrestlers and too much talent on WWE. Think about it. They have like what two, three hundred talent, probably maybe. I don't know, like a lot. Yeah, of you, guys like, all, you guys are all studs. You guys were. <laughs> They were all scared because you guys were all the up and coming young guys, and you guys had the big guy. You had you, the high flyer extreme, getting all the girls. You had Carver, <laughs> the puncher. You had Wade Barrett, you know, the bare knuckle fighter. You had Jim. You had just, you had such a crazy group of diverse people that ain't nobody messing with you guys. Oh, yeah, and that was a shoot, too, even, like, backstage. I think in FCW, as a group, we went into the office. We're like, yeah, we're done with developmental. <laughs> and we were. <laughs> that had been a great feeling. Ah. <laughs> yeah, good times, so, man. All right, so what – we're about to wrap it up. What what else is for the journey of PJ? What what else do you have in store? What what else can people follow you? Like, what, what else do you have planned? Ooh, so many things. Um, if you go to my website, pjblack.com, there's some cool merch on there. The links to my my YouTube, I haven't posted on there in a while, but if you go to my YouTube, there's some cool like extreme sports stuff, a lot of my favorite matches, um, and all the links to my social media. Um, I recently started a, a supplement company. Uh, not what you think, not bodybuilding supplements. I don't take any of those things. It's all adaptogens and stuff. I, I, I created a new tropics, like so stuff that's good for your brain. I'm busy reading the book, um, and I, I, I help a lot of startup companies, like startups. So I, I have a few things in the works that I'm working on. Like, I don't have to wrestle ever again if I don't have to, but I just love this stuff, man. I probably, I'm going to wrestle until my body gives up. You know, all these, all these other businesses can, I can, can sustain me one day. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with that. But, yeah, I just want to – I recently also took up paragliding. And, Wes, you have to try that out. Like out of all the extreme sports I do, this is my favorite one by far. Yeah, it's like, controlling a lot. Like, yeah, but you can you can wind. you can stay up there for as long as you want if you learn how to read the weather and you follow the birds and stuff. I did a three-hour flight the other day in Monterey. I stayed up there for three hours, dude. It was awesome. I was gonna ask you too, just because I have to, because I made a comment to you on Twitter today. What was with the jetpack? Oh, so I guess like someone flew the the jetpack near LAX and like everyone thought it was me. <laughs> I mean, but the guy's in serious trouble because the FBI is looking for him right now. And I, they, definitely they, not PJ, all right, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it was definitely not me. If it was me, I would have posted that shit all over social media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would have gone viral. 
Yeah, but the jetpacks are getting big right now. I, I have a few mates who have some, and they're, they're incredible. The technology is going so quick right now. What about your – okay, let's talk about real quick your uh, your suit, your batwing suit. That yeah, thing so – you're wearing a wingsuit, wing right? It's a wingsuit, yeah. Yeah, I think is Thank you, thank you. So how a wingsuit works is, like, you know, you got the extra fabric there. So, so in skydiving, you fall straight down. Uh, so now I get a three to one glide ratio. So for every meter that I fall down, I get three meters forward drive. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. That's 40 miles an hour down, 120 miles an hour forward drive. Where skydiving, it's 100, 180 miles, what's it, 125 miles an hour down. Yeah. So now I get that forward and then just with a little bit of down, I can control it. I can, it's a, it's, a, it's an amazing sport. That's, that was probably my favorite until I discovered paragliding. <laughs> so wait, when, when, you do the, when you do this flying suit, I mean, is it just like kind of like a base jump too? You just go somewhere high, jump, fly down? Uh, so so you, the base jumping, wingsuit base jumping is one of the most extreme and most dangerous sports there is. But you, you train by going through the plane, out the plane first. So you jump a couple of hundred jumps out the plane oh. so you can get to know it. And then, and then you kind of like eventually progress to jumping that suit off a cliff because when when there's dead air it's really hard because you got to get that angle perfect so you can catch wind and inflate so you can go but out of the plane you already have the speed right so when you exit the plane the thing just inflates and there you go <laughs> yeah and then too with the plane you don't have the backdrafts of the wind that could push you against the rocks you there's more variables to just running and jumping off a rock than there is a plane people don't realize that there's trade winds, there's winds that's coming up underneath you that if you don't get a certain amount away from the rock, that the wind will actually pull you either towards the rock or what you want is the wind to get that outgoing gust to pull you off of it, right? Right, right. You're ex absolutely right. But we, for, for base jumping, we try no wind because we want no, we don't want – because if there's a wind, it can hit something and come back, right? So we, we try to go when there's no, no wind. And we plan a lot. We check the weather. Uh, people think we just go out there and jump, but like it, it takes sometimes weeks of planning and new sites wow. if we if we want to base jump. But wow, man, that is crazy. You have got like I said, an interesting oh. life, my friend. Thank wow. you, thank you. You really do, man. That's and it's cool to see someone living so free and happy. Dude, I do. I, I, life is meant to be lived, man. I, I hope I can inspire and motivate some kids to do the same. I know we're going through a difficult time right now with all this, you know, BS, whatever you believe in this. But like, you know, I feel feel like. If we can all just stay positive and, and help each other out and, you know, not what they try to do is cause separation. You know, we're all we're all humans here. And if we can all stick together, this place will be such a such a cool freaking place. But also, don't you think that people should get outside and stretch and get in the sun and not be we're not we're not going against anybody's rules. This is just our opinion. But don't you think people should go outside, stretch, get some sunlight, and actually yes. get get some vitamin D, get get some, go for a walk, get yeah. not get trapped. Yeah, no, it's it's a must. I mean, I don't care what anybody tells me. I, you're not gonna stop me from going outside. It's been no. scientifically proven that if you put your bare foot on nature, on the grass or on the beach or anything, you exchange positive ions with Mother Gaia, with our Earth, and it actually heals you. It helps you. With your with positivity, it helps you heal. It helps you like uh, create stem cells. And same with the sun. If you get a certain amount of, of D3 on your skin per day, it helps you heal. It helps you just be a better person. So like I don't know, if someone tells you to stay out the sun or not walk barefoot in nature, 
just give them the bird, you know, like <laughs> that legit makes you healthy. Like we have cured people that have some crazy diseases and, and, and try it out. Like next time you feel a cold coming on or anything, just go walk barefoot in the nature and then outside in the sun. I guarantee you it'll work. This is not pseudoscience. We, we have proved this in, in many, 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 many studies. And, you know, I'm a nerd. I read, I read medical journals all day. And I, I can direct you to all this research. Yeah, what PJ is talking about is that our body, we produce a certain amount of energy that we let go. And a lot of times we release it from your hands, your feet, or your forehead. And Mother Nature puts off this energy, which is a proven fact. There's magnets and there's energy pulling and there's, there's a lot of things going on. And then when you put your feet in, let's say, into a sand, there's a reaction that is actually proven fact through energy and chemicals. Everything is hitting your feet, and that's going to your brain cells, and it's creating a state of euphoric or just relaxation because it's a positive energy that is being – it's a proven fact. You know, it's just like, you know, have you ever felt like you sit on the dock, you take your, you take your shoes, your socks off, and you put your feet in the water – and for that two seconds for real quick, what happens? Everything just goes quiet. Right. You feel amazing because you're, you're tuning into the resonance of, of the earth, the frequency of the earth. And that's that's our true frequency. You know, we have all these distractions around us with 5G and, and infrared and Wi-Fi and all this stuff. It's, it's all this energy, like you're saying. So it's coming into our body. So it's kind of disrupting our cells and stuff like that. But once you – it's called grounding or earthing. And it's a massive yeah, movement. Yeah, I've yeah, read Stuff. Right. And there's a massive chapter in my book about it, too. Like grounding is a, it's, it's incredible. It's a real thing. We can scientifically prove if you go outside in nature barefoot and just you just chill outside. It, it definitely, 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 you know, builds new stem cells. Uh, it releases dopamine, serotonin, all the happy hormones. It, it definitely does a lot of things. Most people take nature for granted, man. But the, the nature is where all the cures are for everything on this planet. That's crazy. I mean, we could keep going with this for hours, I think. Yeah. Do you have, is there a tentative release date or with the book or anything? So I was planning on Christmas, but like now there's so much new research out. I'm realistically, probably next Christmas only because <laughs> okay. there's, there's, there's so much research and, you know, I want to cover it all because there's so much. And, and I feel like people need to know about these, these things. Like I definitely want to help out as, as many people as possible. Yeah, I can't wait to read this. I'm dude, really I'm so excited. proud of you, dude. <laughs> Thank so you, man. That means, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Oh, I'm so proud um, of you. Yeah, man. And uh, again, everybody check out the, everything you got going on. You shout out all your, your social media and stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully things can get back to normal and you can get back to work and keep going to shows. I know you yeah. this, this, that was that the first slam force show that happened that you guys just did it was the, the first one and then you know we had two that was canceled and then we had shad booked for another one and unfortunately that happened you know and then COVID happened there's just so many things happened it's it's already tough doing a startup business it's even tougher doing a startup wrestling companies and you know it was just timing but uh yeah let's hope the stuff goes back to normal pretty soon so we can get back at it yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, PJ, we're going to have to have you come back for another episode. Yeah, I'm yeah, down. You guys let me know. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm uh, down. Thanks, I'm down. Thanks to uh, Nick and Chris Cachera. Uh, our our Cachera boys, our friends, they're always with us every week. We love those guys. Uh, Josh, Kara, some other people that were commenting. Thank you, guys. Uh, Wes, do you have any shows coming up? Is, is Atomic this weekend? 
man, to be honest with you, I'm more just really just talk about how happy I am to have PJ <laughs> on the show and how happy that, you know, we get to link up and, you know, maybe we can help some people right now and put a smile on their face. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, we can, hopefully we can travel to South Africa and do that show, and then I'm going to take you to some secret surf spots, bro. Oh. Yeah, dude. I can't wait, dude. Man, you got to hit me up when you're in Miami or next time you're in Florida. Let's uh, link up. And, dude, Definitely. all I wish is nothing but the best for you, man. And I'm just so happy with everything that you're doing. I'm so proud of you. I'm more proud of the book. That's, like, something that, you know, like, that. that's just so, like, badass and like i'm <laughs> proud of all your compliment and everything you're doing and just you just you being you man and like oh man there's so much more stuff i want to talk to you about but well, we'll, we'll, we'll to be continued we'll do this on another day Wes is right because i've oh, i've watched all your stuff i've followed you oh, for a long time you, but i've never actually met you or talked to you till today and what a stud yeah dude you, you, are just, you, you are a great soul and that is what's needed oh. today Oh, thank you, uh, thank you much. I, we I, can I, pick it. That would be. I great. mean, I feel like I feel like I mean, this is in every religion too. Like people complain about how other people treat them, but if you treat other people how you want to be treated, I promise you, it'll make such a big difference and it'll make a big difference in this in this universe. Uh, so everyone, that's your homework for today. Go treat everyone around you how you want them to treat you, and I promise you, you will bear the fruits. That's right. Yeah, or just give someone a smile. Yeah. <laughs> just, just smile and just be. Oh, I guess you can't because you're wearing a mask. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, we'll yeah, do man. this again for sure. Hang on one second while we end the live broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Stay, okay. stay, stay on the thing while we end this real quick. Now, everybody, right. thank you again and watch. We'll probably come back at you with another uh, episode next week of the Briscoe and Big A Show. Everyone, have a great holiday weekend, everybody. Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor Super Contest and Squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice, it's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your pick win big collect your cash use promo code voc nation all one word no spaces and double your first deposit your winning season begins today only at my bookie hey this is a total package lex luger you're listening to the voc nation don't miss out check out in the room every tuesday night at nine listen in pro wrestling illustrated brady hicks former wcw star stro maestro kathy fitz matt grimm and you know later there too right Ray? we sure are and we've got great guests like lex luger aj styles taku and more it's a heck of a party Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? 
General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could find? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. Yo, this is Jerry Stiles of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation radio network.